CEO readiness. CEO appointments are an important responsibility of boards. Accordingly, boards need to ensure that they have adequate slates of qualified internal and external candidates to allow successful CEO selection processes to take place. Creating CEO readiness of internal candidates is as much part of this task as working with external search advisors to identify external options. I'm delighted to talk with Dr. Wayne Nelson, Strategy Consulting Leader Europe, Middle East and Africa at Monitor Deloitte and Head of the Deloitte Executive Leadership Institute, who offer a readiness program for next generation CEOs. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. We have created an innovative board evaluation platform clients can access and use as part of a fully facilitated board evaluation or for their internal evaluation. Large professional service firms are also welcome to use our platform. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Wayne, thank you so, so much for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. Well, thanks for having me, Sabine. It's a pleasure to discuss CEO readiness with you. It's a fantastic topic. Let's jump straight in. An old saying is leaders are born, not made. Probably everyone has heard of it. Recent scientific studies suggest that leadership is 30% genetic and 70% learned. These findings propose that leaders are made, not born. So take the old saying on its head. What is your view? Well, like so many other things, nature and nurture both play a role in the development of leaders. But since we can't do much about genetics, we start with executives who have already distinguished themselves as leaders in their careers, and then focus on the learning aspects along the last mile to the CEO role. The program that I'm part of, the Deloitte Global CEO Program, has done more than 500 transition labs, which are essentially workshops for newly appointed CEOs, during which they can reflect on the first 100 days and plan the next 300 days. We've had a look at it and determined that roughly 30% are what we call accidental CEOs. So (laughs) they are leaders who stumbled into the CEO role, so to speak, by serendipity, because they were at the right place at the right time, had the skills and the experiences that were required. It was not planned. It was not their intention to become the CEO. But the vast majority of CEOs that we have interacted with had a motivation. They sought out the CEO role, either in their own organizations or in other external organizations. And this suggests that there are intentional, deliberate things that leaders can do to increase their readiness and improve their odds of landing the top job. That's why our readiness work focuses on talents that have already proven their potential, We focus on leaders who are three to five years away from their first significant CEO roles. And our experience shows that there is still much improvement potential on this last mile. Participants benefit from reflecting on the requirements of the role, from processing 360-degree feedback, from identifying opportunities to fill any last remaining experience gaps they may have, and from being able to hone 
um, their stories that they will tell when they interview, and hopefully, which they will get to repeat again and again afterwards when they become CEO. What are the things I can't wait to hear? What are the things someone who wants to prepare for a CEO role has to learn? Well, it, it doesn't come to a surprise to say that the CEO role is a very challenging one, one that comes with huge personal sacrifices, oftentimes brings isolation and loneliness with it, and requires a thick skin and an ability to be resilient. So firstly, candidates need to realize this and be certain that they really want the job and are willing to make the sacrifices. Secondly, they need to understand stakeholders' perspectives, by which I usually mean the boards, on the specific challenges that are facing the organization at the specific time and the prospects for future change and transformation to reach the next level of organizational development. Thirdly, They need to be able to articulate a vision, a succinct vision for that organization and how it could reach that next level, how it can be transformed. And fourthly, they need to be able to explain why they personally are the right person to take the company to that level. And to do that, they need to recognize their own strengths and weaknesses and must have a plan to fill any gaps in experiences they must have. And doing so, they should create a personal brand. Uh, to authentically communicate their motivation, the value add that they would provide, while ensuring that this is all aligned with the vision that they've posited. The personal brand is an interesting one. We live in the world of social media. Tell us a little bit more about the concept of a personal brand. Well, think about it this way. Valuable assets, so products uh, that companies have, have very well-defined attributes and values that are communicated with great care to ensure that they are clear and consistent. Companies do not allow the marketplace to dictate how their assets are branded. Um, why should this be any different for an executive in the market for a CEO role? So we believe it is important for executives who want to go places to define a brand for themselves. And like all brands, they need to be simple, relevant, and authentic. And executives need to communicate them consistently over and over again. A new channel for expressing this is social media, specifically LinkedIn. And we're seeing a whole new generation of executives and CEOs who vigorously use LinkedIn to post and communicate, build, and reinforce their brands. So in our experience, it comes as a great realization to many of the next generation executives that we're working with who are busily focusing on managing their functions their business units, their regions, that they need to take some time to think about what their brand should be and to deliberately convey this brand through their posts and to ensure that the posts, and many of them do post, but they post business news from their companies. And they need to make sure that these express elements of the brand they wish to convey, as well as their own authentic personalities. Now, I know some top executives who really resist this. They don't like doing that. They tell me, ah, I like to focus on getting results rather than talking about it. Do you see that some of the people in your program also have these barriers and actually are quite skeptical? Well, it's funny. It, it, it seems almost as if it's a generational thing. So people who you know, are on the road to becoming CEO shaped even five years ago haven't really harnessed the power of social media. So, uh, But at the meantime, if you speak with PR agencies that deal with executive transition, they are actively advising executives to do this and support them in the process. I have heard of CEOs who spend 
upward to an hour a day on social media, communicating the priorities of, of their firm, communicating the successes of their strategy. And that, of course, contributes to their personal brands. And they do it themselves or do they have people? Do they delegate it? Both exist. I think for next generation CEOs, they won't have people or teams to do that. I think executives of big companies increasingly do have teams that do it. And you can tell how professional and slick it looks. Nonetheless, it's effective one way or the other. Interesting one. Lots of food for thought here for our listeners. So how do you know that someone is really ready to take on the role of a CEO? They are what we call fit for circumstance. So fit for circumstance is a concept that says that CEO hires, the best CEO hires, explicitly can connect the circumstances of the company with an attractive future vision and connect these to their own experiences, capabilities, potential, and motivation. So uh, imagine a Venn diagram with four intersecting circles, each one addressing the situation that the company is facing, the expectations and the vision. Two, the type of leader that the company needs. Three, the candidate's capabilities, experience, and potential. And four, the candidate's motivation and authentic self. If you can articulate and connect these four items, you are fit for circumstance. And that increases your odds as a CEO candidate. Let's switch now a discussion to the board. So one of the duties of the supervisory board or in the two-tier system or a board in the one-tier system is to appoint the CEO. Do you have any tips for boards that help them to make the decision for or against a certain candidate? Well, board members need to explicitly think about the type of leader that the company needs, uh, given the circumstances of the company and where the company needs to go. For instance, does the company need a visionary? Does it need a, a transformer, an engineer type of CEO? Does it need a, a people person, someone who can integrate? Knowing that will help in candidate identification and selection. I have observed that very experienced board members and some that I've spoken with have selected dozens of CEOs in their experiences as, as board members. They have categories of CEO types in their minds that they can easily match with the current situation of the company. So I have often seen now when we do these evaluations for some boards, it is very hard to get alignment. So different people on the board have quite a different view what type of person would be most suitable in the current circumstances. Any tips for boards who are in such a situation? How can they get alignment? Well, I think they just need to take the time and discuss this early on, not in the heat of the moment when they have to make a selection. So I think the, the earlier you can get started to think about succession mm -hmm. planning and in that context to also develop internal candidates, not only to go externally via search agencies, the more likely the board is to create alignment amongst themselves. Great. Fantastic. Now we have to come to an end. What are the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? Well, firstly, as I just said, boards benefit from having a broad slate of viable candidates, internal and external candidates to choose from. And it makes sense for them to deliberately support the building of CEO readiness of internal candidates. Secondly, the best, as I said, the best CEO candidates are able to articulate their fit for circumstance and to make a real effort to hone their stories that convey it. And thirdly, board members can use the fit for circumstance concept, specifically the what type of leader does the company need at this point in time the idea 
to guide their CEO candidate evaluations and selections. Fantastic. Wayne, thank you so, so much for your insights and for contributing to the Better Boards podcast series. My pleasure. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>